take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 15. I'm just glad Brother Anthony thinks I have a mind to be cleared. Uh, that's a, that would be an improvement, amen? Romans chapter 15, we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 7. We're going to continue a little bit. Last week we talked about how to treat the weak. Tonight we're going to talk about how the strong are to behave. How the strong are to behave. Romans chapter 15, verse number 1. And if you mark in your Bibles, get ready because I'm going to point out quite a few things here. We then that are what? Strong. Strong ought to bear the infirmities of the who? Weak. Weak. And not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. That's supposed to be my neighbor's life's first. Amen. Uh, anyway, uh, for even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have what? Hope. Now the God of patience... And consolation, the word consolation and the word comfort are virtually the same word, grant you to be like-minded one to another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one what? Mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now. As we learned last week, God commands us to take care of the weak. That's one reason our church has the motto, we're a hospital, not a museum. This is a place where the weak come. This is a place where the hurting come. And it's okay. Uh, We're to help those that are weak. And last week... We talked much about our responsibility to care for the weak. Romans 15 is kind of a continuation of Romans 14. And God continues the thought. Go back to Romans 14, verse number 1. Him that is weak in the faith, receive who? Ye. So God is talking to people who are not weak. He's talking to the strong. And he says, those who are weak... You are supposed to receive. Then in chapter 15, verse number 1, it says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Now, God does not, uh, I don't know how to say this. God doesn't throw everything on the weak person to make them strong. God throws everything on us so that we can help them be strong. As I said last week, strength takes resistance, but you're not the one that's supposed to be giving the resistance. We're to bear the infirmities. We're to help the weak. We're not to be the one, come on, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, put dirt on it, let's go. That's not supposed to be us. That's God's job, not ours. Building strength takes time. Weight training takes time to make you stronger. Did you know that if you started working out tomorrow, that by Friday you would not be stronger? 
probably you would be weaker. You wouldn't be able to get out of bed. You wouldn't be able to walk. Your arms wouldn't work. And you'd feel like a truck hit you and backed up to make sure it got you. Say why? Because strength does not come immediately. Nor does it come quickly. Uh, muscle is not built all at one time. Matter of fact, the process of building muscle is tearing it down. And you tear it down, build it up, tear it down, build it up, tear it down, build it up. And it makes it stronger each time it's built back as it strengthens itself. Financial strength takes time. You don't get out of financial trouble that quick. Get rich quick does not work. Uh, now, quick meaning a couple years, maybe. Quick meaning a couple days, uh-uh. Not going to happen. Recovery from surgery takes time. I don't care what kind of surgery you have, it will take 12 months to heal. Doesn't matter if it's orthoscopic, doesn't matter if they cut you with a knife and rip you from one end to the other, doesn't matter if it's oral surgery. Uh, When I had my knee surgery done, I had it done orthoscopically. The doctor said, ah, uh, you'll, this long, you'll be okay. He said, but it'll take a year before you're totally back to strengthen that knee. And he was right. He said, but it, it didn't, didn't cut, it doesn't matter. I, I couldn't see the weak and it didn't matter. I knew it was weak. It took me a year before I could squat down and get back up and use that knee. <laughs> it takes a long time. So uh, you have to understand that uh, if a lady has a baby, it takes a year for their body to recover. Uh, there's a reason that uh, there should be a little bit of space between them puppies. Uh, they, they, they're, they're, you know, the body needs time to recover. And uh, it's just the way it goes. Now, strength takes time and strength takes repetition. Strength takes time and strength takes repetition. You don't go to the gym, work out once, and say, okay, I'm strong now. No, you got to stay at it. Now, all that was introduction. God commands those of us who are strong to, to bear the infirmities of the weak. God makes a, a powerful statement here. Look at verse number one again. I want you to see that God said it and not your preacher. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Now watch this. And not to please ourselves. Did you know that a strong person doesn't always enjoy carrying the infirmities of the weak? God didn't say that it's going to make you enjoy your life. But we who are strong are to bear the infirmities of the weak. You see, being strong doesn't always mean that you yourself are happy or pleased. It may mean that strong people are frustrated and inconvenienced more than they want to be. Uh, Yesterday, I got a call. I try to take Tuesdays off. doesn't always work that way, but I got a call. Someone needed my help. Say, what did you do? 
I cleaned myself up and I went and helped them. I was busy, but when I'm too busy to help people that I love, then I'm too busy. Was it an inconvenience? Yes. Was it something that, in my mind, wasn't an emergency? Definitely. But it was somebody that was weak that needed their infirmity cared for. So you take a couple hours out of your day and you go do it for them, not for yourself. It doesn't mean I can do that every time, but that time I was able to. Now let me remind you that strength is not due to the lack of resistance or the lack of opposition. It comes by increasing resistance and increasing opposition. It only makes sense that strong people will have to have more opposition to peacefulness. That's what made you strong. You see, that's the very thing that makes you and keeps you strong is that resistance. You take the problems away, you take the need for the pastor away. You take the, the burdens away, you take the purpose of the pastor away. That's why some don't do much because their churches aren't growing and nobody's taking burdens and problems to them. So they get paid to get up and make a speech and that's about it. And that's why the church is about like somebody gets paid to get up and make a speech and that's it. Let me jump into this. Let me help you with something tonight. Number one, strong people live to help others, not themselves. Strong people live to help others, not themselves. Look at verse number two, Romans chapter 15. Let every one of us please who? Okay, you sound like a bunch of Episcopalians tonight. Let every one of us please his what? Neighbor. Neighbor. There you go. For his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not who? Himself. But as is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. You see, people who are strong don't live for their own pleasure and their own help. They live to help somebody else. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Oh, I'm guessing probably 30, 40 pages to the right there, maybe a little bit more. First and Second Corinthians, Galatians chapter 6. Look at verse number 1. Galatians chapter 6, look at verse number 1. Brethren, that means save people, right? If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, let's use the word strong there, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something... When he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. What's that saying? Well, when you think you're some, somebody, but you don't do anything to prove it, guess what? You're a nobody. 
There's a lot of people that have a higher opinion of themselves than everybody else. And they don't do anything to help anybody else. But look at all I've done. What are you doing? Look at the phrase, for if a man thinketh, think himself to be something. That's in the present tense. Now watch this. When he is nothing. When he is nothing, when he is doing nothing. He deceiveth himself. You see, God says that we who are spiritual, we who are strong, are to help those who are having burdens, those who are overtaken in faults. And we're to realize (laughs) it could be us next. We're not above it. Go to Matthew chapter 20 uh, with me here. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Look at verse number 26. Matthew chapter 20. Uh, Look at verse number 25. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they uh, that are great exercise authority upon them. Now, look at me. He's talking about, Jesus was talking about how people are uh, treating others in leadership to fellowship, correct? The word dominion there means dominance. And exercising authority, meaning they're, they're flexing their positions over everybody. Verse 26. But it shall not be so among you. He's talking to the disciples. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your what? Minister. That means servant. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And to give his life a ransom for many. Now look at me. Jesus didn't come down to flex his position. He was God in the flesh. He was the Prince of Peace. He was the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He was the creator of all the universe. He is the Word of God. And not one time did he exercise his position. He came down to serve a bunch of lowly, rotten, good-for-nothing, scum-of-the-earth sinners. Pay for our sin debt, which he did not have to do, so that we, so that God could get back what God wanted, and then we could rule and reign with him and be joint heirs with him. He didn't come for what was good for him. He came for what was good for God and for us. He came for others. And he said, I don't want you running around exercising authority upon people. Bless God, I'm the boss. The moment you have to say that, you're not the boss. Uh, and I don't care what realm it is, whether, uh, well, I work around a bunch of lost people. Did you know lost people know how to follow good leadership too? Strength does not come by conquering others. Listen to this statement. Strength comes by conquering self to carry someone else's burden as you continue to carry yours. Strength does not come by conquering someone else. 
Strength comes by conquering yourself, saying, I'm not so busy that I couldn't help them, and help them carry their burden while you carry yours. That's who you have to conquer is self, not someone else. If you have to step on people to get up in leadership, you're not doing it God's way. When you're carrying people up to leadership, you're doing it the right way. You see, Napoleon was a great destroyer, but he was not a great leader. That's why he died at the age of 32. Alexander the Great was a great warrior, but he was not a strong man. and died before the age of 40. Two of the greatest quote-unquote leaders of world history died before the age of 40. Why? Because they weren't great leaders. They weren't strong. They were conquerors, but not of self. They were conquerors of others. They knew how to destroy, but they did not know how to build up. There's a big difference. Just because you can tear somebody down doesn't make you strong. Just because you can hit harder than somebody else doesn't make you strong. Let me show you who the strong person is, the one that never has to. It takes more strength to hold something back than it does to get it going. If I put my truck in neutral, a couple of us fellas, we can get that thing pushed and we can push that thing 10, 15 miles an hour. I'll guarantee none of you at 10 or 15 miles an hour are going to stand in front of it and try to stop it. You say, why? Because it takes more strength to stop it than it does to get it going. I've watched people take their teeth and put a steel cable in their mouth and pull a train and get it moving. Let that thing run 30 miles an hour and stand in front of it and see if you can stop it. Oh, it takes some strength to get it moving, but it takes a whole lot more strength to stop it. It takes more strength for you to stop your anger than it does to release it. It takes more... <laughs> I'm going to talk to me. It takes more strength for us to stop our mouth than it does to let it run. Everybody doing all right? See, I, you can't say I was preaching to you then because I was preaching to me. You see, it's a whole lot easier to say what you're thinking than to think before what you say. It takes more strength to stop and say, you know, last time I did that, it didn't turn out this good. Maybe I'll not do that again. Everybody doing okay? You remember what happened the last time you said, watch this, y'all? It doesn't come out very good. Amen? You see... Strength does not come by conquering someone else. Strength comes by conquering self to pick someone else up, help them carry their load while you continue to carry your load. Uh, by the way, Jesus lived to give God what he wanted. And... He lived to give what sinful man could not get on his own. He is the ultimate picture 
of someone who conquered self to give us what we needed and to give God what God wanted. Okay, this one's going to hurt. Everybody ready? Weak or immaturity only thinks about self and what they get. Strong people don't think about what they get. They think about what they can give. You are weak when you say, well, what am I going to get out of this? You're not strong. You say, well, I helped somebody, but you helped them to get something out of it. Therefore, you lost your strength. A child is weak and selfish. It takes a long time to teach a child not to be selfish. Some never get out of it. When they go from getting Christmas gifts to spending their own money, not money you gave them, but their own money to buy Christmas gifts, they're learning a little bit about strength. That's just entry level. That's just preschool. That's not the World Series. That's just entry level. You see, when, when we're not concerned about what we get, but what we give. People who give to get are weak. They're not giving, they're trading. A marriage based on, well, I gave you, so you give me. That's not strength, that's trading. It's weakness. When it's, I'll give, and I don't expect anything in return, that's strength. Strength is, well, what a, but I give, and I give, and I give, and I give. You're learning. But what am I going to get out of it? You just blew it. You don't tell a brand new baby, well, all you do is take, 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 take. But that's all the baby does. It does give back, but it's usually in a diaper and not real good to get. Amen? Now, wait a minute. All immaturity can do is take. Maturity gives. Immaturity takes. So, God says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmity of the weak. And not to please ourselves. I'm going to make a statement here. If you're going to be strong, and if you're going to be uh, someone who is in strength or in leadership, it's going to get lonely, and it's going to get, you're going to be taken advantage of. That comes with the job. But that's just not fair. Why? That's what leadership and strength is. That's what those 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. feedings are all about, amen? You say, well, I don't feel real strong. It doesn't matter. You signed up for it. You see, we have to have this understanding. God says that for us to bear the infirmity of the weak, that means we carry our burden as well as help others carry theirs. And we have to give not expecting anything in return. Nothing. 
What a wonderful way to live, by the way. Number two, I've got to hurry. Oh. One of the things strong people are to give is hope. The stronger to give hope, we're not supposed, we're not supposed to point out all their negative. Look at Romans chapter 15, look at verse number 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That we through, what's the next word? Patience. Patience. Oh, that word that we love to hate, isn't it? And comfort of the scriptures might have what? Hope. Hope. Now the God of what? Patience Patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Now, God says that hope comes by two ingredients, patience and comfort of the scriptures. What is patience? Patience is enduring opposition with a right attitude. Patience is enduring opposition with a right attitude. It didn't say that you liked it. There's day, there are days I have to exercise more patience than others. And I have to work on my attitude. And I have to be able to sit through things that are an endurance to me. And do it with a smile. And get alone with God and say... But in front of everybody, everything's all right. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I used to have a sign on my desk that had my name on it that everybody else saw. And on the back of it, I had a little three-by-five card printed, Brother Steve. Brother Joe, you've seen it. Miss Lopez, you've seen it. Uh, years ago, and it said, the only reason some people are still alive is because it's illegal to kill them. <laughs> and when I was having one of those impatient moments, I would read that and smile. They thought I was smiling at them. I was thinking other thoughts. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. You say, preacher, you didn't do that. Yes, I did. (laughs) It kept me smiling, amen? Uh, You see, patience is enduring opposition with a right attitude. (laughs) Everybody look at me for a second. If you are over 25 years old, if you have ever had any kind of leadership of any kind at all in your life, including bathroom monitor, you faced opposition. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, you, You have to understand something. Opposition comes at everything. Why do we get so upset about it? Isn't that what... Leadership is all about, if, it, if everybody would police themselves, there's no need for us to be the leader. Then there's comfort or consolation of the scriptures. That means how to maintain our attitude to have patience. Look at Romans chapter 15, verse number 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Say, how do we get that? Through the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit give it to us? Through the Scripture. Unless you're immersed in the Scripture, 
and yielded to the Holy Spirit to guide you in the scripture, you're going to blow it on the comfort part. And when you blow it on the comfort part, you're going to blow it on the patience part. It all works together. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's so much I want to say right here. Turn to First Thessalonians chapter 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at verse number 3. First Thessalonians chapter 1, look at verse number 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love, that's giving, correct? Now watch this. And patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and the Father. Now, you're going to have to understand something. It's going to take a good walk with God to be able to be strong enough to bear the infirmity of the week. Um, I was with a pastor recently and was trying to help him. <laughs> I said, this job a pastor, I said, there's an illustration God gives us, but we don't really pay much attention to it. He said, what's that? I said, we're shepherds, Right. He said, yes. I said, in other words, we feed the sheep, we clean up their exhaust, and then they complain about us being the shepherd and want to find another shepherd. He said, well, you got a good point there. I said, this is what the ministry is. You just have to endure it. And you have to do it with patience and hope and love. I said, eventually, some will make it. Some are going to get eaten by the wolves. Some, you're going to want to break their legs. But we'll get there. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Here in 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter uh, 2. Look at verse number 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in who? Not your own strength. And the things that thou hast learned of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to what? Teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a, sol as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now look at me. He said if you're going to be strong, you're going to have to endure. Does that sound like a good word to you? Endure means you're going to, have to put up with something you don't want to put up with. Let's skip down to verse number 10. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Say, preacher, why do you put up with some of the things you put up with so more people can get saved? So we can get the gospel out to more people. Well, I know somebody said something about you. Good night. I could give you a whole lot bigger list than your list. I don't worry about what people say. I'm more concerned about getting the gospel out. I'm not worrying about what somebody thinks of me. You spend too much time on Facebook trying to figure out what everybody thinks of it, and you're reading all the comments versus going out and doing it. Okay. James chapter 1. Hebrews, James chapter 1. Let me read one verse to you. James chapter 1. 
Blessed is he that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Blessed is he that endureth temptation. That means this. Endure, the word temptation there means testing or opposition. God said we're blessed when we endure those testings. So, first of all, we have to realize strong people live to help others, not themselves. Then the strong are to give hope, not just point out all the negative. Can I tell you something? Anybody can point out negative. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out negative. Just because you can spot something that you think is wrong doesn't mean you're the savior of the world. But preacher, but pre I know, I know, I know. And there's probably other things I could give you that are wrong too. But just because you can point out something wrong doesn't give you the upper hand. Let's go to point number three. I've got six minutes. Let's hurry. The purpose of strength is to get the gospel out to help more people. According to the Bible, the purpose of strength is to get the gospel out to more people. Look at Romans chapter 15 again. Let's go back to our uh, original passage here in Romans chapter 15. We'll finish the night out here very quickly here. Look at verse number 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Skip down to verse number 19. Through, uh, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Ilkrilium, yeah, that place, uh, yeah, that place, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, that they shall see, and that they have not heard, shall understand, like India. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now have having no more place in these parts, and have great desire these many years to come unto you. Wherein soever I take my journey into where? Spain. Notice that it's the same Spain that is today. I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. Skip down to verse number 29. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. He's talking about going to all these different places so that he can get the gospel out. And the purpose of our strength is to get the gospel out, to get the help out, to get more people together so that we can get more of the gospel out. The purpose of building Grace Baptist Church is not for us to have a big church. It's for us to reach more people who can go out and get more people, who can take the gospel to more places. Is that not what the purpose is for? 
It's not about a big attendance. It's not about bragging to a bunch of preachers how many we had in church on Sunday. It's about getting more people here, putting gospel tracts in their hands, letting them give to missions and uh, helping with the work around here so that we can get the gospel out to more people. Maybe some of their children will come, go to Bible college and get into the ministry and serve God all over this world. You see, that is the purpose of the church, and that's our purpose. And we who are strong bear the infirmity of the weak so we can reach more to get more gospel out there. That's what God says. We're to use our strength to get the gospel out, physically telling everyone, financially in our giving, and building our church strong and getting more people to help. That's the purpose. Two and a half minutes. The more we get the gospel out, the greater effect it has on the world. It's that simple. The more we get the gospel out, the greater effect it has on the world. <laughs> I wasn't going to say this. I will. When Dr. Henniger from Canton Baptist Temple came to my grandmother's funeral, that church at one time ran 10,000 people. Now it's a rock and roll, jamming for Jesus cesspool. Brother Henniger stood at the Reed Funeral Home, put his head on my shoulder and began to cry. Pushed himself back, stood up as straight as he could, took his old crooked bony finger and stuck it in my face and he said, young man, if you're the only thing the temple ever put out, it was worth it all, don't you change. He said, my son has destroyed my church. He's destroyed my work. If you're the only thing that ever good came out of there, don't you change. Don't you change. I said, don't worry. I won't change. I haven't changed. I haven't changed what I got saved under. I haven't got saved what I got called to preach under. I haven't, got, I haven't changed what I was taught in Bible college under. And I'm too old to change now. I've come too far to turn back now, and I would make a horrible liberal. <laughs> Being strong means you'll be inconvenienced. Being strong means you'll face opposition, and sometimes heavily. Being strong means you'll give, and you can't expect to be given back to in the same proportions. Being strong brings a responsibility more than honor. If you're looking for honor, you're not going to be strong. Being strong takes getting the gospel out in every way possible. God tells us that the strong are to bear the infirmity of the weak. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Do you really want to be strong? If so, Tonight, I've showed you scripturally what God says about being strong. It's not a happy life as far as everybody throwing parties for you. Sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes you feel like a doormat. But it's okay. If people are wiping their feet on you, getting help they need from God, let them wipe away. <laughs> 